You are more than the visible outcome of your work, and the outcome of your work might be more than what is currently visible. So we can't live for the outcome. You can't judge our worth on the outcome. You can't even judge your successes or failures by the outcomes. We are wildly inaccurate. When we claim something as a complete failure, how can we possibly know? The immediate outcome is one minute of our lives. Who knows what will happen in the thousands of minutes that follow? What we see as a failure now could be the exact stepping stone we need years from now. What we see as a failure now could lead to our greatest success later. All grown up. Hey everybody, this is Paul Ingoni and you are listening to another episode of the All Grown Up Podcast where we talk about everything your 20s, your 30s, because it's hard, it's confusing, it's ambiguous, it's exciting, you're building towards the rest of your life, so we should talk about it. We should figure this stuff out, so that's what I'm here for. Uh, I'm the author of four books, my newest book, 25 Lies, 20-somethings need to stop believing. I'm also the creator of allgrownup.com, again, G-R-O-A-N, like you're groaning in pain. Uh, which has been read by millions of people in 190 countries. I've really given my career and my life to this to this time of life because I feel like it's so incredibly important. So let's get right to it today. And today I want to discuss a lie. And that lie is something I think all of us have struggled with. All of us have said it at times. I know I say it almost every day. And it's a total lie and it's completely wrong. And the lie is, I'm a failure. Or even the lie is as simple as like, that was a failure. Like that thing that I did, that project, that conversation, uh, that was a failure. I failed at that. Wrong. We have it completely wrong. And I would argue that we just need to strike that word from our vocabulary. Like strike it out of the dictionary. Don't even say it. Don't even mention its name. It should be the new F word that we can't say in public is failure. And the argument is because... How in the world do we know if something failed or not? Because all we're looking at in the moment is just the immediate. We're looking at our just limited perspective of what we can see right in front of us, and we are labeling something a failure. But I would argue that failure and success can only be seen through the lens of eternity. Failure and success can only be seen through the lens of eternity. We have no idea what this one thing that was a failure, or this one thing that we even say was a success, what it's really going to do, what the ripples are going to be, what it's going to lead to, what conversations, what relationships, what projects, what opportunities. Because I know, as I, as I look back at my life, a lot of things that I deemed as failures have led to my purpose, have led to my passion, have led to some of my greatest successes. So I've been totally off when I said, okay, that that book failed, or that email failed, or that blog failed. I've been totally off because how do I know? I can't see things through the lens of eternity. I can't see things 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now. We have no idea the impact our failures are making. We have no idea the impact that our failures are having right now. We just can't see it. You know, as I use these farming metaphors a lot, but we have no idea those seeds that are going in the ground, that they're going deep into the dirt, that we think our dream is dying. Well, it might be the, the exact opposite. It might not be going to its grave. It might be being planted. It, it just needs some a, a space for the roots to grow. And it might take years and years for the roots to grow deep enough for something to emerge from that, 
to emerge from that seed that we planted and watered thinking, well, that was a failure. That didn't work. We have no idea. And in my newest book, 25 Lies, 20-somethings need to stop believing, uh, and let's be honest, 30-somethings, 40-somethings need to stop believing as well, I, I have this as a lie, and I talk about this in depth, this lie of I'm a failure. And I use the example of searching for Sugar Man. Have, if you've ever seen the documentary uh, Searching for Sugar Man, you know that I'm talking about uh, Sixto Rodriguez. And he was a, a, a failed, there's that word, a failed music. Uh, and by music, I mean a musician. He was a failed musician back in the 70s because he had some albums come out and they were not commercially received to the levels that they, the record company especially thought they should be. So Sixto was dropped. And um, he went back to his life of tearing down houses and doing hard manual labor, and but also still playing the guitar every day and still loving music and, and still singing. And people on the job site would hear him sing. And he just, he was a man that was in his own lane. And he felt like he was still doing purposeful work. He was helping uh, rehabilitate Detroit. He was tearing down uh, places and helping them get rebuilt. And he found a lot of purpose in that. And, and yet, he still had this moment that he felt like his music career was a failure. Well, if you know the movie, and I, I'm sorry to, uh, you know, I, I have to tell a little bit of the ending here. Uh, you could stop this podcast right now and you could go watch Searching for Sugar Man. Or you could keep listening and watch it later if you haven't. But I, I really, I can't recommend this documentary enough. And a one best documentary, which I'll get into a little bit more later. But basically, what Sixto Rodriguez didn't know is that bootlegged copies of his album... Uh, cold facts had made it to South Africa and that in South Africa this album was bigger than the Beatles was bigger than the Rolling Stones that this album was this protest album for the South Africans against apartheid that this album was banned that there was you know scratched out different parts of the record that could never be played uh, as so much was being censored in South Africa at that time but really Sixto Rodriguez was leading the charge was leading the protest, but Sixto Rodriguez had no idea any of this was taking place. He just thought his album was a complete failure, a complete dud. No one cared. What he didn't know is that he was larger than life in South Africa. So that's what the documentary goes into is that uh, years and years pass, I think probably 15, 20 years go by before they discover that, first of all, Sixto Rodriguez isn't, isn't dead. He's actually alive which many of the South Africans thought he was dead. Uh, and they find him and they bring him to South Africa and they have, I think it was three, or no, it was probably six shows throughout South Africa. He does this tour and he's in playing in front of stadiums. And if you see these clips in, in the movie, the, the people are going crazy. I mean, it is like what you would see when people are seeing Elvis for the first time. People are seeing the Beatles for the first time. Like people are losing their collective minds. Because they're seeing this man that had spoke so much truth to them that they thought was dead and is now singing on stage to them. And they were just so, they, they, I think they literally cheered and applauded for like 10 minutes when he just stepped on stage. So he was making this giant, giant impact. He thought it was a failure. He wasn't. He was this amazing success story that the documentary then shows. On the flip side, in the juxtaposition of this, and what I didn't realize at the time, and it really struck me and hit me so profoundly, is the life of the director of Searching for Sugar Man, which um, Malik Bendijul. 
So Malik, he spent years and years of his life trying to make this documentary happen. And he had gotten some investors. He filmed a lot of footage. It took years to, to, to do, to compilate. And then he showed his investors his footage and every investor walked out and said, this is terrible. Uh, we're pulling our money. This is, this is no good. So now Malik is left pretty much all by himself and he did all of the editing and he did all the graphics all by himself. And this took years and years on top of the years and years to actually see this movie happen. And as I mentioned before, when it finally comes out, when he has this moment of seeing uh, this outcome, of seeing his dreams realized, of seeing this documentary actually real and it, it starts going to the film festivals and it gets attention and more attention and more attention to where now Malik Bendejoul is up on stage and he's accepting the award for best documentary, the Oscar for best documentary. The ultimate outcome, the ultimate dream fulfilled. That's why I couldn't believe when I heard. I thought, I, I was like, I must have I heard this wrong. When a year later, I started seeing headlines and articles that director of Searching for Sugar Man tragically takes his own life. That Malik Bendejoul one day is at the subway, steps out in front of the subway car in front of tons of people, and tragically ends his own life. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he, he's good looking, young, talented. He was the it director. He'd, he'd had this amazing success, this amazing achievement fulfilled. And yet he took his life a year later. And I don't want to go into all the reasons why he might have done that. I, I've, I've read lots of interviews with friends. I mean, friends were equally as perplexed. They, they, they're just so shocked. They didn't realize that, man, he was even struggling that badly, but he was. And he was losing his sense of self. He, he, he couldn't sleep. He, he talked about he felt like he had lost his creativity. He didn't know if he was going to be creative again. Could he ever achieve that level of success again? Like all this stuff was weighing on him and he was just tormented to the point that he ended his life. So the reason I bring that up and I write about this more in the book is that juxtaposition of here you have this man, this director, Malik Bendijul, who's been following this story, this incredible success story of a man who had failed, who had felt like he'd failed so miserably, who was sparking a revolution, and yet Malik Bendijul gets the outcome that every director wants, the Oscar for best documentary, and he ends his life. And my argument here is that outcomes are not all that they're cracked up to be. That we can't judge our worth, our success, on the immediate outcome. Because again, we have no idea where that outcome is then going to lead. Sometimes those outcomes that we said, oh, that was a, that was a success, oh, that was huge, like that was a, a pinnacle moment in my life that is going to change everything. And then it, it really ends up amounting to nothing. You know, uh, that, was, that was really, that didn't do anything. Didn't move the needle much at all in, in, in retrospect. And then we have these other moments where we feel like we failed, like nothing worked out like it was supposed to. But then it turns out like that was exactly how it was supposed to work out because you learned something that you then took to the next opportunity. You met somebody that was that one person was the whole point of that project. And and you didn't realize it at the time. But now you look back and be like, oh, man, I sure that thing didn't work out exactly like I thought. But man, that was that was a huge success. I can point to that and say that was a huge moment. Because you are, you are more than the visible outcome of your work, and the outcome of your work might be more than what is currently visible. 
And I wrote that in my book, 101 Questions You Need to Ask in Your 20s. And I'll say it again. You are more than the visible outcome of your work, and the outcome of your work might be more than what is currently visible. So we can't live for the outcome. You can't judge our worth on the outcome. You can't even judge your successes or failures by the outcomes. We are wildly inaccurate. When we claim something as a complete failure, how can we possibly know? The immediate outcome is one minute of our lives. Who knows what will happen in the thousands of minutes that follow? What we see as a failure now could be the exact stepping stone we need years from now. What we see as a failure now could lead to our greatest success later. Making progress might mean you're one failure closer to a success. And again, this is this is coming from my book, 25 Lies, 20-somethings need to stop believing. So if you want to read more on that uh, and, and more of the story of Sixto Rodriguez and Malik Bendijul and 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 our failure and our lack of defining failure correctly, uh, check out that book. But again, I just want this to be this reminder, this encouragement that what we see as a failure now might save somebody else's life later. Like again, and I've talked about this before, but a lot of times our purpose and our passion comes from our greatest pain. It comes from our problems. It comes from things we've had to overcome. And if you haven't had to, if you hadn't had failure, if you hadn't had rough stuff that happened, if you didn't have to over, overcome anything, well, gosh, you wouldn't be very resilient now. You wouldn't have grown in character and humility and, and in clarity of who you are and what you want in life and who you want to help because you know how it is to go through something because you've been there. You've done that. And that's the amazing part of redemption. And I believe everybody has those redemptive stories in their life where those tough things you've had to go through uh, are going to be redeemed. And that was definitely true for Sixto Rodriguez. He was singing about hard stuff about growing up on the streets of Detroit with no money. And that hard stuff that he went through that he poured into in that album became a rallying cry against apartheid in South Africa. Cisco Rodriguez wasn't singing strategically about apartheid. He was singing about injustice. He was singing about pain. He was singing about loneliness and frustration. And you know what? Truth carries. Truth carries. So right now in your life, like, how, how do you tap into that? How do you tap into even those moments that you haven't wanted to think about because you felt like, man, that was such a failure. I really blew it. I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. That was embarrassing. You know, all those things we tell ourselves. But how can that be the catalyst actually moving forward in your life? What did you learn from it? Who did you meet in that experience? What skill set did you grow? Maybe you just became more resilient and you didn't even realize it at the time, but you can see it now. Maybe it helped clarify something for you that... that there's a path you shouldn't be going down. And it was a strategic f- failure for a reason. Because it was a closed door. Because you're not supposed to go through that door. And that's okay. You're pivoting. You're adapting. You're growing. And you're down a different path that you're supposed to be on. You just can't see it quite yet. Failure and success can only be seen through the lens of eternity. So let's not be so quick to judge and deem something a success or failure. Really, we have no idea. We have no idea where this is all going to lead. So let's give ourselves some grace. Let's give ourselves some space to just let it sit. Just let it be. We don't have to define it as a success or failure in the moment. We can just say, you know what? 
it, it was what it was. It was what it was. And I'm not quite sure if it was a success or failure right now. I'll tell you when I die. When I go up and I, I see the good Lord and we can talk about it and he can show me the whole plan and see how that one thing and the ripples that carried throughout eternity because of something that I thought was a huge failure. Thank you, everybody. This is Paul Ingoni, another episode of the All Grown Up Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing with friends. If you have friends that you feel like could be encouraged by this episode, please share. Uh, feel free to leave a review, uh, rating, subscribe. All those things really help other people uh, discover this podcast because I'm all about dishing out as much hope, truth, some hilariousness as we talk about life in our 20s and 30s because it's hard, but you're not alone and you're not a failure. We're going to fail a lot of times in life, but we can't call ourselves a failure. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.